What's up, everyone? This is Under 1000. We are your hosts, Sam. And Jacob. And today, we are kicking off Appetizer Sampler Special Number 2. Uh, the stars this time around are Iron Lung, Mini Dead, and Punch Planet. And hopefully these three games will catch us up after a little bit of a hiatus. How have you been doing, Sam? I'm better. I'm better. Your boy tested overwhelmingly positive for COVID. So, you know, we're hanging in there. Um... I knew you fucking had it, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were talking a while, and I was coughing, trying to make it... I was like, I'm sure it's just allergies. <laughs> and then you get that test, man, that dark lot. My test looked like I dropped an inkwell on it. Yeah. As soon as it hit, like you said, it was... What did you say? Like the, like the fucking dubstep beat, like... Wah, 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 as soon as my <laughs> drops hit the, hit the fucking test. <laughs> Terrifying black line, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but feeling mostly better now, yep. right? Yep, mostly better. Um, doing well, catching up. Still a little cough, but you know, that's the vid sticks around, so. Yeah, no way did last night I have a two and a half hour session of waking up with full COVID symptoms again before it just went away. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, you know, we're all guinea pigs now. <laughs> yeah, yep. I think on that note, it's probably good to move on to our first uh, our first game of the uh, the day. <laughs> <laughs> this This story, a fitting transition for our first game of today. Iron Lung. Not just something I need after my brush with COVID. Uh, our first game today <laughs> is Iron Lung, released on March 10th, 2022 by David Szymanski. Szymanski worked with New Blood Interactive on the extremely good Dusk, a metal-as-fuck 90s retro FPS that I only didn't finish because I'm getting Carpal Tunnel. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I thought this was the game that, uh, that, that finally broke you. It put me right over the edge. Uh, but enough yeah. about my health today. His solo <laughs> projects include The Music Machine, The Moon Silver, A Wolf in Autumn, and Finger Bones. <laughs> yeah. He's also been a part of three games from the Dread X collections on Steam, which are playable trailer or proof of concept indie horror anthologies. Yeah, at first gra- glance, when, when I looked at those, they reminded me a lot of the VHS series, you know? That'd be the it VHS like film basically... series. Yes, um, it looks like they just got together a bunch of like indie devs who had like sort of you know ideas that they wanted to flesh out in a playable trailer and i think they're done also sort of like game jams over like a period of like seven days or ten days too so um really cool concept and we'll probably check them out you know on later episodes yeah that sounds awesome man i didn't know anything about that that rocks Iron Lung, I think it's fair to say, is a steal at $5.99, and as of this recording, it does actually have close to 1,700 reviews, Uh, but we're just going to chalk that up to our good taste. When we found (laughs) it and started playing, it was hovering around 800 reviews. Yeah, like we said, it's been a wild month, so it's taken us more time than usual to get rolling on things. So, what is Iron Lung? Well, the description from the Steam store is pretty sweet, so enjoy this abridged reading by Sam. decades ago every known star and habitable planet mysteriously vanished along with whatever and whoever happened to be on them where'd they go leaving behind where'd they go (laughs) hello (laughs) leaving behind an empty universe of asteroids and lifeless moons where only the remnants of humanity are those who were on space stations or starships at the time 
With supplies gradually dwindling and infrastructure falling into disrepair, the survivors have spent the subsequent years frantically searching for any trace of remaining natural resources. Up until now, they have been unsuccessful. Guys, I found some dinner mints over here. <laughs> some di they're, all, they're the ones dipped in chocolate, never mind. <laughs> then, a mysterious anomaly known as the Blood Ocean, which is exactly what it sounds like, <laughs> was discovered on an otherwise barren moon. And initial scans show a collection of potentially useful anomalous locations in deep undersea, underblood, trench that require further investigation. You're the unlucky sap who gets to investigate in an aging submarine cobbled together from rusty space station parts. Find your way to the marked locations, photograph whatever you find there, and try to finish before the sub collapses around you. Or you're discovered by whatever lurks. In the blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking sweet. Um, yeah. So just like it sounds, you are trapped inside of a submarine, a very rusty submarine and very small. It's mm -hmm. it's like a Boston apartment down there. And <laughs> all of your navigation is done via a map, a heading compass, and a proximity sensor, which beeps at you when you get close to these things that you can't see. And some basic turning and throttle controls. Yeah, you're stuck in a tin can with, like, only a limited way to even perceive in any way, you know, what's going on around you. You know, audio, I think, plays a lot of the role of, of, of scene setting yeah, here. Yes, so your only window to the outside world is a rudimentary camera attached to the exterior of the sub, which does not provide a video feed, but it can generate grainy, very creepy, ultrasound-like images of only what's directly in front of you. Yeah, it's a nightmare fuel machine, basically. <laughs> it truly is. Ultimately, your mission is to use your map and your limited senses to complete a survey of the Blood Sea without A, wrecking your ship, or B, running out of oxygen. Yeah, that's easier said than done, especially if you're impatient like me. I don't know about you, but I crashed probably four times. So, well, we'll get to what my playthrough was like in a minute. <laughs> Okay. Uh, what you have here is like a, a unique and fundamentally successful horror setup because the game mechanics support horror in the way that they work. Um, horror is about baiting a participant into exiting their comfort zone with the promise of some kind of fulfilled curiosity. And what better way to encourage curiosity than to cut off a clear perception of the outside world? Um, I think I talked to you about this as sort of being like an inverted uh, open world game in that you had to explore, but you didn't like... In open world games, you kind of see something, you want to get close to it and go explore it. In this game, it's like everything is hostile and you can't see anything, but you still are forced to explore parts of it. You Avoid know. everything game. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so some of these mechanics have really cool stuff that happen on each playthrough. Uh, it, it's kind of opaque whether or not they're actually like challenges or set pieces, but things are so simple and happen in a natural, what seems at least to be a natural way. Um it kind of reminded us like of like Half-Life's kind of set pieces where you'd be just happen to be looking at the right place because their game direction was really good. Exactly, yeah. And I will say I beat this game in two tries. The first time I did nice. hit something. Um, but the mm -hmm. second time was a relatively smooth but very exciting experience. It really ramps up with the set pieces and your oxygen running low, the things that happened to the submarine in terms of like there are times that it's like struck by something you can't see and it'll shake and move you around on the map. Um, mm -hmm. But it's sort of unclear how much of that stuff is really like part of the challenge, quote unquote. Um, but all in all, it's a great short experience. That's it's like watching a horror movie that is somewhat interactive. 
Yeah, yeah, it's really So cool. if you enjoy the freaky, lo-fi aesthetic of, for example, the puppet combo games, uh, this is really in that vein uh, and should make for a cheap and good experience. People will get scared. Yeah, yeah, and if you like, it also applies if you like um, bite-sized horror stuff in general, like PT, when that was a phenomenon, you know? Oh, yeah. uh, definitely check it out if you were into that. Mini Dead. Next up is Mini Dead, a free boss rush mi- micro game uh, and kind of a demo from developer Alex Smith and published by Milo Games. Right now it stands at very positive with 750 reviews and it is free, like we said, uh, which makes it, you know, really cool, easy pickup. Um, it also appears to be a follow-up to Dead, uh, which is a re- released a month earlier from Alex Smith and Dane Wynn. And that itself is an under 1K eligible game, a very positive with 153 reviews. Um, <clears throat> I looked at the trailer and it looks like Dead is uh, a more traditional bullet hell 2D boss rush. Um, similar, if a bit more fleshed out than Mini Dead. Uh, the main functional difference between the two um, is actually Mini Dead's unique game mechanic, which is what drew us to it. And we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, scene. so Mini Dead is almost Flash game-like in that your character is your cursor. Uh, it's a very mm-hmm. simple black and white pixelated visual layout. Uh, it's just you, whichever of the three bosses that you're fighting and a black background. Uh, the only HUD that's there is four health nodes uh, and you are moving your mouse around trying to avoid attacks from the boss. Uh, the special mechanic that makes this a little bit more interesting is that clicking and dragging freezes your character in place and creates a damaging beam between your character and your cursor. But when you release your mouse, your character teleports to wherever your cursor has moved to. So that means that your only attack makes you vulnerable both because your character is still and when you finish the attack and teleport because you don't want to touch the boss or run into any obstacles. Uh, and the mechanic also allows for teleporting through or like quote unquote over uh, obstacles and boss attacks that can't otherwise be avoided. So sometimes a boss will send like a full wall across the screen. And just by moving your cursor, you're not going to be able to dodge that. So you use this mechanic, click, drag across the wall, and let go. And it's very fast pace. And as you play the game, you build up the skill of this essentially one mechanic that it has. Yeah, I, I found two really cool things happening when I was playing this game. The first is um, realizing the combination of a defensive or mobility skill and a damaging skill, you know, having yeah. it be a laser, but then you also teleport to the end. But the other thing, too, was I found that I kept losing because I was relying on that too much and not actually just re- moving regularly. So really, the genius is kind of having that mechanic that seems like it takes care of everything, but then you know, going back and also incorporating like your traditional just mouse movement and combining the two to get like a really effective strategy. Yeah, and it's a great proof of concept for this little mechanic. Uh, It almost reminds me of like a one one hundredth scale portal or something like that. Uh, Actually, Mm -hmm. like a number of the old Valve games, because I'm pretty sure that Left 4 Dead was essentially originally like a proof of concept for Counter-Strike's AI. Um, Mm -hmm. Just this idea of like, if we can get this one thing to work, then this whole unique game can be built around it. Yeah, totally. Um, It's very much a boss rush, get crushed and learn experience uh, that has echoes of like Binding of Isaac and even old school dungeon boss battles from games like Link to the Past. Albeit sped up quite a bit. Yes, yeah, it's certainly more fast paced. 
Yeah. Uh, right now it's really minuscule. Um, we each finished the game's three bosses in about 10 minutes total. Um, but that alone was enough to get us hooked on the formula of, of the game's mechanic and kind of just the boss rush style and, and the pace of the game. Um, there does appear to be upcoming DLC, and it looks like that's kind of forming what will be the full release of this game. Um, it looked like that DLC would encompass more bosses, um, a tarot card style sort of maybe roguelike setup, um, and a few other game mechanics that are being introduced. Right on. Well, I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, definitely. This is one to watch for sure. Punch Planet. Third on our list today is Punch Planet, a fighting game in early access from Sector K Games. Uh, it's billed as an arcade-style competitive fighter, and the reviews support that with terminology that demanded a significant chunk of research <laughs> and even more actual practice. Yeah. The Punch Planet site describes the Sector K team as three longtime competitors, and they clearly have a passion for the fighting game genre. They've also been at this a while. Uh, this game was actually greenlit in 2016 uh, and has had consistent updates this entire time. Yep. <clears throat> Every two months or so, I went back through the history and checked, uh, which is impressive. Uh, it's sitting at very positive, but with only 128 reviews, which feels absolutely insane for a game of this quality. It feels like this should be, you know, not even within our under 1000 criteria. Um, one reason for that, though, might be that the price tag is a bit of a barrier to entry um, for games of this scale. It's $19.99. Um, that said, it is worth it, I think, especially if you're a fighting game enthusiast. Um, it's available in early access on Steam or on Apple Arcade. Yeah, so we'd actually flirted with Punch Planet earlier last year uh, before deciding that the time wasn't right to play it. Uh, initially, we were just not sure how much we really knew about fighting games uh, and whether or not it was something we were ready to review. Uh, I think we've also come to realize that we're doing this to play all kinds of new games and what does it matter if we don't know shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so over the past year, um, since we sort of first played it, I've actually gotten in, into fighting a, li a bit more. Um, I played through Injustice 2, Mortal Kombat 11, a few of the DBZ fighting games. Um, uh, before that, basically the only experience I had was like Smash in college, which everybody plays. Uh, and then I did play Absolver before it kind of petered out. Did you ever look at Absolver? I did not, but first I need you to tell me what your preferred Smash game is. I, you're just trying to start a fight, but it's Melee. <laughs> I gotta be a hipster man, Smash 64, until I die. Yeah, yeah, I know. Plus, I mean, you absolutely wreck at that game, so I can't blame you for, like, choosing the one that you have had the most practice at and absolutely dominate at. If I can't play with an alien controller where the joystick audibly knocks when I wiggle it, <laughs> then I don't want to play Smash. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I basically, like, from my perspective, I basically still get crushed by people who know what they're doing, but I've learned a little bit, um, and I think the coolest part of reviewing Punch Planet was cracking open the terminology and getting even deeper into that. Um, in, like, there was a lot of people who were mentioning mechanics in the reviews where, you know, I, I, I could have really used a glossary, um, but we looked it up and practiced it. <laughs> Fucking uh, nerds. And, <laughs> and it, was, uh, it was really cool. Yeah, so we'll no doubt get some terminology or whatever wrong, but let's dive into it. So Punch Planet has eight characters, four stages, a versus mode, online or local, PvP or PvCPU. The game also has an extensive practice and training mode that we both found extremely interesting and useful. This is a fucking lie that you wrote here. But it is <laughs> <laughs> I found it extremely interesting and useful. The Wii was a lie, I guess. Interesting note, on Apple Arcade, the game also gains access to survival and arcade modes. Seems like the Apple Arcade build might be a little bit ahead of where Steam is at. Mm -hmm. uh, the training mode, though, you can customize just about every aspect of your training, 
view frames information, hit and hurt boxes, track input, and modify your dummy to exhibit whatever behavior you'll need to practice a particular skill, which I actually really did find useful because I just don't know shit about fighting games. Um, and it proved its worth within 20 minutes of us picking this game back up, right? Because mm-hmm. I immediately was like, this shit is broken. I can't get this fucking combo to work. <laughs> and then we brought up the settings there the track input setting so that i could see what it was getting from my controller inputs and i realized through that i was able to sort of guide myself into the right way of doing the input for some of these special attacks and it Mm -hmm. it really helped those things click yeah and uh, like this is a suite of tools that's pretty common in like triple a fighting games but like this is an indie game and i've seen AAA fighting games that had much fewer options, much more confusing menus. Like every configure option, configuration option you would want to practice is in Punch Planet, and they've done it well. And it's like pretty easy to use, even for people like us who are like kind of idiots when it comes to fighting games. You know, we we practice through um, specific character combos. We practice through the um, like unique Punch Planet mechanics or Punch Planet's rendition of these fighting game mechanics, which we'll get to in a sec. Um, and yeah, I, I think we like visibly improved to the point where we were able to actually like play competitive matches against each other instead of just kind of punching and blocking, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that in the outline, I described these settings, uh, as accessibility tools for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's appropriate. Um, these tools were especially useful as we started to master some of Punch Planet's key mechanics. And by master, I mean... Just learn how to functionally do. Uh, we <laughs> master it in the way that like a three-year-old masters walking. How old <laughs> are humans when they walk? Oh, I have friends with kids. I should know this. Um, oh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say seventeen. No, no, just let's both just say between eight and eighteen months. And there we go. I'll edit in the right answer. I'll just, I'll <laughs> You're just... right. I uh, guess around one years old. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. So Punch Planet's key mechanics fall into one of two groups, timing and energy. Uh, energy will be really familiar. There's an E-meter, like in Scientology, <laughs> with four segments, and you can use one E-meter segment to enhance an existing <laughs> attack, or you can use two E-meter segments to remember when you were an alien. Yep, uh, um, and, you, and you replenish your E-meter bar by exposing trauma to a third party who is listening and watching the E-meter for emotional reactions. <laughs> just tom cruise in stretchy pants um (laughs) yeah so that covers the energy side of things um so the timing side of things is pretty interesting um this is from the description of the mechanic on the punch planet site as it exists in the punch planet uh canon galactic civilization has reached new heights with the introduction of time canceling devices users are able to travel through time this technology is fairly new and limited but currently it allows up travel up to one second in the past for small corrections to everyday problems. Accidentally called your teacher mom? <laughs> Did you finally get brave enough to take a butthole pick and then didn't mean to send it to your guidance counselor? <laughs> These devices come equipped with an auto-fail safe, which will disintegrate your former self, preventing any possible time paradox, evidence, or red messages. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's even a setting to have, you just disin- have it just disintegrate you if it's more than a second in the past and you stuck with it. <sighs> Some sometimes you just read sci-fi and you're so disappointed that it's not real, you know. <laughs> yeah. So there are three timing mechanics, uh, all of which are cancels of some kind, and they all have their and they all pull from their own three-segment resource bar. Um, there's a jump time cancel, which lets you cancel a forward dash into an overhead attack. 
uh, the absorb time cancel, which acts as a parry to negate the hit stun of an attack. And the most interesting to me personally, the double double attack cancel, which lets you negate the recovery animation of any medium or heavy attack. Uh, the result of this last one is that you can chain together moves and perform mix-ups really flexibly where like you wouldn't be able to normally. Um, these mechanics, my understanding is that they should be like somewhat similar to like people who have played like Street Fighter 2, I think was the comparison that I saw a lot in the reviews. All of these mechanics, though, are universal. Once you learn them once, you'll be able to use these three timing mechanics on any character. The E-meter moves, and in fact your entire offensive strategy, will still vary quite a bit from fighter to fighter based on their playstyles, speed, reach, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but as a cherry on top of all of this, everything does feel really tight with all the characters. Uh, the online play is responsive. I think you said that it's like really clear that the netcode was a priority. Yep. And the online play is just totally fluid because of it. Felt completely fair. No frustration in connecting or playing. Uh, it's just as, once again, shockingly polished for a game with 130 reviews. Yeah, seriously, like, go, like, buy this game. <laughs> Review it well. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, like, get into it. Because this is, I, I've been looking for something, like, kind of bare bones mechanics uh, to practice on. And, like, that had, like, really fluid, cool defensive mechanics as well. Because I like that a lot. Um, and, like, this has everything. I, I, I really like it a lot. It's just crazy that it's, you know, something that we can review. <laughs> It's just so underground. Yeah, it's so underground. And it looks like they've also got provisions for two additional characters um, that are like sort of grayed out on the selection screen. So like the game isn't even totally complete. There's also an upcoming story mode as well. So like they've got a roadmap too. You know, it's not like they've been sitting in uh, green light or si sitting, you know, like sort of in flux or in purgatory since they got greenlit. They're still working on it, you know? And I imagine if they get more support, they'll just continue to do what they're doing, which is make a great fighting game. Yeah, they're really hitting us with that like, who is that Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. And the character, I mean, I'm excited <coughs> for that too, because just just because <laughs> the existing characters are like such a like broad and varied cast, you know? Yeah, they look like they're in an adult swim show. They really do. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what they look like, and that's exactly it. Yeah. The game sits at like the intersection between like sci-fi noir grit from Blade Runner, um, the vaporwave 80s purple aesthetic that we all know now, and like the tongue-in-cheek whimsy of like animation from maybe like Adventure Time or like you said, an adult swim show. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, on top of that, the UI is sharp and easy to follow, the animations are smooth, and the hits and parries both have that like Hmm, factor that like makes things feel really tactile and successful you know yeah so in summary um this is up there with the most polished under 1000 games we've played um we don't really know a lot about fighting games but we had a great time playing with it uh it's fun it's detailed the mechanics are totally smooth uh then would work great uh and there's another element that we haven't touched on which is the obvious passion and dedication here mm -hmm. uh, if you go to the punch planet site You'll see unique artwork assets, character bios, complete with SoundCloud themes for each character, uh, videos explaining the mechanics, and all kinds of other, like, just really high effort details mm -hmm. uh, that make it clear that the passion is there. And it makes me want to support this game even more. Yeah. We mentioned that the price tag was high, especially compared to some of the other games that we review at uh, $20, but... I mean, I don't. I feel like it was worth it, and it'll be even more worth it the more people buy into it. Absolutely. Your financial uh, decisions are your own. <laughs> <laughs> this is not financial advice. Exactly, yeah. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Under 1000. Um, if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on the podcast app of your choice and tell your friends about us. Download Spotify on all the phones in the Apple Store and subscribe then to our podcast. <laughs> That's actually... Did your grandma ask you for tech support? Make sure you subscribe us to her podcast and make us her wake-up alarm. Don't do that. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a novel coronavirus. <laughs> the COVID's got him. <laughs> Be sure to check us out on Twitter at underscore 1kpod. That's at underscore 1kpod. And if you know of or created a game that you think we should review, let us know. And if you'd like to donate to the podcast, visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash u1k. Again, that's patreon.com slash the letter u, the number one, and then the letter k. A contribution of $5 or more will get you a shout-out at upcoming episodes. It will also get you access to our candidate list of games that we might play. Our intro music is Drifting Corners by Just Me Dade. Our outro is Voxel Revolution by Kevin McLeod. And as always, thank you all for listening, and thanks to the, the developers of this episode and all of our episodes' games. As long as we don't get COVID again, we'll be back soon <laughs> for another episode of Under 1000. Thanks again, and see you guys next time.